and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke. We are here to talk about the paranormal. And tonight, we are here for our special annual Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show. We do it every year, every year now for the past 15 years. We send teams out into the mysterious Bridgewater Triangle to investigate to see what's going on in certain haunted locations. And then we have them call in and report what is happening out in the field tonight. And I want to set things up with just a, a, a note here, a little something for everybody to kind of understand as we go into the discussion about the investigation tonight. Normally when we do this, we have live call-ins from people as they are out investigating. So you'll hear one person, one representative of the group being out there uh, calling in to us, and you'll hear the other team members behind them conducting the investigations or what have you. Tonight, because of the weather, we did suggest to the groups that they start earlier because we knew the rain was going to come in around, you know, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. We suggested they get out there a little bit earlier to start investigating, and if they needed to leave those sites by the time the show came around to just, you know, do what they needed to do to stay safe, to stay dry, and that we would connect with them. So it might be a little bit after the fact, after they finished investigating, that uh, we'll be speaking with them. But still, these all were investigations that were happening tonight. So sometimes, you know, we say like the rain, the stormy weather, that can help increase the likelihood of activity. But it also increases the likelihood of somebody getting wet or potentially struck by lightning. I saw that there was a chance of lightning tonight as well. So we want to make sure everybody's safe. So they might be calling us after the fact. It's a little bit of a cheat, but it's the best we can do because we won't be here for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I know it's odd to take off a paranormal show during October and to not be here the day before Halloween. But the monkeys are <laughs> on their farewell tour, and it's my last chance to ever see Mike Nesmith. So I had to, I had to, because uh, I've seen Mickey Dolan's before. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Right. So I had to take that night off, and then next week uh, we have an event. But there's, there's uh, going to be shows in November, but. I figured that that's, you know, too cold to start sending people outside or, and plus you get into the holiday season, people are too busy. Right. So I looked at it as tonight was kind of the last chance we had for getting the triangle show done. So we just went against the, the weather. Did I? I can't hear myself. Try that. Nope. See, cause it says Mike two on the side, but it says Mike four on there, but that's you. That that's is weird. you. So. You just might need to up yourself as much. I can up you a little bit more over here if that needs to go higher. How about now? Well, I can hear myself now. Okay. My, uh, just must have been something with that jack. But I was going to say, I had you I had you potted up here. But it's uh, it made me think because I was like, oh, I'm going to get you right the first time. Because how many times have we started the show that I've put up the wrong slider? Always. Because that should be two, but it's four. But why is it labeled wrong? But now if you look at it, it's four on the boom arm and it's two... On the mic flag. They lied. So, and it's not both. I know that much. <laughs> so, that's the voice of Stephanie Burke. You haven't been here in a Hello. while. I have not been here in forever. Yeah. Have you uh, Have you streamed anything good on TV lately? Uh, you know what? I downloaded this new app that uh, was new to me, I should say, called Tubi. And uh, it's weird. <laughs> I turned on this brand new Tubi original documentary 
about Amityville, and your face was right there. Well, so, and so was yours. I know. That was uh, a little bit of a surprise for us. The other night, we did a Facebook Live video where we we, we previewed what was what we thought might be in. Because, you know, truth be told, I, I tried to get a screener of, of the documentary ahead mm-hmm. of time so that we would know... What to what, talk about. What we could talk right. about, what we couldn't. You know, like it's it's always risky to say, well, we filmed this and I'm not sure if this is going to make it in or if that's going to make it in. Like right. I wanted to be able to, you know, speak in absolutes. We, but We signed a lot of paperwork that said we couldn't tell anybody anything. So Right. So we really wanted to make sure we were safe. Right. And uh, But, you know, they, they weren't able to get us one. So we were just going to wait and see with everybody else. But then we left here. We, finished we tried the, to leave here. It was, we did about an hour, a little bit over an hour yep. on the live stream, packed everything up, Shut walked the outside. Down, put the alarms on, made it to the parking lot. And then you get the message, it's it's live. Yes. And we're like, oh, somebody's just mistaken. They're watching something else. But then we're like, looked and we're like, nope, nope, that's it. It's so funny because it was, it was my boyfriend's cousin. And she's at home with her little children, you know, super young. She's like, it's on, it's on. She actually FaceTimed us to show us. And we're like, yes, that is exactly it. We were kind of shocked by it. It, w- it released early. And so we kind so of running back in here. and We did. We It took us forever to set it up on the big TV. But we sat here like two kids, you know, just. All we needed was the popcorn. Right. We, we definitely missed out on the snack opportunity. So, but we, we sat through the entire thing. It was about an hour and a half and. It was funny to put it on within the first, what, 30 seconds or so. We hear your voice. You're the first face that you see in the documentary. And then I'm, I pop up right after you. <laughs> which, which uh, if they were smarter, they would have not put me first. Because think of how many people turn it off nah. as soon as they see me. Nah. So it was funny to see that our faces were the first ones on that documentary. And, and our two faces were the last two to see before the ended. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, not that I, you know, care about these kind of things, but <laughs> I get to have both the first and the last word in you this did. documentary. You did, which is actually funny. You know, this is the first time that we, we saw it for ourselves, and I can only speculate. I know what I talked about in the, the interview room. And a lot of people were complaining that, oh, you didn't get enough airtime. They cut you off. But... If they went fully in the direction that I was personally asked about, I probably would have been through the entire thing like Tim was. And I'm okay with it because they included some of the most important things that I wanted to say about the the documentary itself um, in the direction that they were trying to go in. Um, I think it could have easily been a three, four hour documentary if they included everything from everyone that they collected and all of the footage that they had us collect. But to be able to end it on the note, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody, that I ended it on and then followed it up with your last sentence that you said. I actually was sitting here with Tim in the studio and I was like, end it now. That'll be perfect. End it right now. And they ended the documentary right after you said that one line. It was just so perfect how they did that. So I was really happy with it. And, you know, it, it usually happens with this. They film more than they need. Uh, sometimes they, they ask questions that go in a direction that ends up not making it in the final Correct. product just because you can only have so many, you know, narrative threads. Right. Especially in a documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be one thing if it was going to be, uh, you know, like a, 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 an ongoing series mm-hmm. uh, of that particular case and they could go down some of these different threads, tease it, bring it back again. And they could easily made it that way. But you know? it, it just, you know, the way that it worked. And, and also, I this is just, again, they did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I'm not slighting it in any way. I, if I wasn't in it, I would still say this is the best documentary I've ever seen about Amityville. But I do think that they were kind of under the gun a little bit to get it out, you know, to get it out for Halloween time. So right. if, if they had had a little bit more time, you know, it might have been a little bit longer 
of a documentary. But it, it said for us it was a, an hour and 23 minutes. I thought it said on the screen, but everybody's yeah. saying it's close to two hours. And it, I think it was close to two hours as we were watching it. I don't know. I'd have to, to go and look. Uh, I know we were sitting here for quite some time, but they, they included, I think, a lot of information. Um, the most popular thing that I've heard from people that actually watched it was that the information that was shared within this documentary is some things that people are just not familiar with at all when it comes to the case or things that I've never talked about before. Um, and I wish I could sit here and, and put out there exactly what those things are, but I want people to go and watch it because the most popular thing that people had no idea about is what I talked about right before the documentary ends. Part of it was, though, that in many other Amityville stories and, 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 and documentaries, you know, the... Um, the, the DeFeo case is almost like just the footnote. Yes. You know, it's the prologue to talk about the hauntings. Or in others, uh, you know, it's all about the murders, and then the hauntings become kind of the epilogue to the to the murders. Yep. This gave equal time to both. Right. And it also gave equal time to the idea of debunking it, too. So, I mean, if you, if you are somebody who is coming into this knowing nothing about the Amityville case, you'll learn a lot. If you're coming into this about already having a knowledge base about the case, you're probably going to hear, you know, a lot of the things that you've heard before, but you will get some new interesting things or at least concepts and ideas uh, that you haven't heard before. And one of the parts, uh, you know, one of the things that they were really pushing with this documentary was they wanted to talk to the next generation of people who were sharing these stories. Right. And... I've seen a lot of the comments, a lot of the people that are listening right now, they've they've not really loved the uh, the, the incorporation, we'll say, of the, of the the TikTok generation, the people who were out there sharing these stories on TikTok. And I'll be honest with you, when I found out that that was part of it, I was a little bit like, eh, really? Uh, because I find that most TikTok commentators are just taking the research of the real paranormal people and just presenting it in a 60-second, more visually appealing fashion. So, you know, you're not going to get Rick Osuna making 60-second TikTok videos about the DeFeo murders, but you can get, you know, an attractive young person right. uh, to come on and do that same thing. So I, I just felt like there's a lot of repackaging of other people's information that they just are building their audience off of and making money off of, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of against it at first. But the more, you know, the more we talked about it with the producers, uh, certainly, you know, having some drinks after we were done filming with them and talking about them a little bit more and being able to freak a l- uh, speak a little bit more freely. Yeah. Uh, getting all that stuff out there. You know, it it was a good point. The storytelling mode is changing. Mm-hmm. So... I need to just put that as my bias aside and just be happy that here's the story that's 50 years old now almost that is going to make it into that next generation of storytelling. So I kind of have to resign myself to that. You know, when I started realizing that my experiences that I've had on investigations have made it into people, people's, you know, YouTube videos and, and, and there are TikToks and like one person said that they saw this. I'm like, yeah, I was that one person. Why can't you just say my name? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I have talked a little bit with Jeff Belanger too, because you know how he chronicles legends and Chris Balzano who chronicles legends. You know, if you become part of the legend, you really can't hold on anymore to that identity. But you're giving that identity up to become part of that legend. So 
it took a little bit of a uh, little bit of convincing. It, well, an inner turmoil on my part. Inner turmoil. Not as much inner turmoil as when I saw an article about the documentary on FoxNews.com. I was like, eh, do I share this link? I kind of vowed never to share a Fox News article, but it's about. It's about me. <laughs> so Not me, but it's about the documentary. It's about documentary, and I could say plenty, all but press, I won't. All press coverage is good coverage. As I said to you, you know, it's still not nearly as uh, as um, freaky as when Ghost Stalkers was premiering <laughs> and the National Enquirer had an article about it. I think if the National Enquirer covers anything, it's it's odd. Well, that's when you that's when you know you've reached... The public consciousness when the National yeah. Enquirer is talking about you. Uh, so speaking of becoming part of the legend, that's what tonight is all about. We have our teams stationed out around. And let me finish the plug, too, for the documentary. <laughs> if you don't have the Tubi app, go ahead and download it. You can go to TubiTV, T-U-B-I-T-V dot com, or just go into your app store for whatever device you want to watch it on. It is completely free. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, I guess, there is an ad-free version that you can subscribe to if you I want. I, I don't know. I didn't see that, but honestly, the commercials. Either. I mean, the commercials are a little random when they pop up. Right. Um, like, there's no warning. I think. But I think in that case, though, for the documentary, it's because they don't have natural breaks for the commercials. Correct. But I was watching, uh, like, I forget what show it was, an old sitcom mm-hmm. on Tubi, just to see like what the flow is, and they do they do put them in in the right spots if Which the right spots are there. Um, but they're quick. They're not, yeah, like 90 seconds. Yeah. and They're super, super fast, so it's honestly not bothersome. It kind of gives you a chance to, like, grab a snack or, you know, do what you need to. And uh, and so all you have to do is download the app. You don't have to put in any credit card info. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put in your Facebook login or anything like that. Nothing. You can just download it and start watching right away. Uh, and then you just want to search for the title of the documentary, which is Famously Haunted Amityville. The idea is that they're going to do a series of famously haunted documentaries about different cases. And so in this one, it's famously haunted Amityville. So that's all you have to type into the search bar in Tubi, and you should be able to watch it. And then when you do, let us know. You know, shoot us an email, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Tag us on social media. Uh, let us know that you're watching it, and let us know what you think of it. And again, I've heard mostly positive, almost almost. Mm-hmm. 99% positive. There's been a few people who've been critical about it. Some uh, for the for the content, some for, you know, the format of the documentary. We know a lot of people that are, you know, in the filmmaking business, so they look at it from a different perspective. Uh, but I, as I said, even if I wasn't in it, I would have been watching it the day it came out, right. and I would have still considered it to be one of the best documentaries I've ever seen on Amityville. And you get to see, too, by the way... <clears throat> As you're watching it, you get to see how it affected a lot of people that were involved in it. Not just the DeFeos, not just the Lutzes. You get to see the news people that were covering the DeFeo murders right. and the Lutz hauntings. And it, it really gets deeper into the the seances and the investigations that happened of that house after the Amityville Horror came out. Better than anything I've ever seen. I think, um, again, without giving away... Like I could sit here and just, we may have to do it on a future episode and just break down our favorite parts and, and wh- who said what and what we are impressed with. But I want to give everybody a chance to really, you know, dig into it themselves. But the stuff that Laura got into um, at the very end, right before we did, I just thought, you know, the the insight that she had put into this, being someone that was actually there 
inside the house present during those seances, um, I think it was just fascinating to be able to hear like that firsthand point of view and to hear how intelligently she presents that information. Because, you know, sometimes it can just be a, hey, look, I was part of it, don't really care, not really passionate about it. But you can tell that it really, um, it probably affected the rest of her career. Well, I and think, it's, you it's know, remained part of her life. She was only an intern, life. yeah, at that time. You know, she started, that was the first part of her career in in journalism and media. And you can just tell it kind of shaped the rest of um, who she is today. Yeah, she still is in communication with the surviving Lutz family. Yep. Uh, she talks to other people that were involved in it. Uh, this is Laura DiDio. You've heard her here on Spooky South Coast. We'll have to bring her back yeah, on. Yeah, I think that would be really uh, cool. She's, yeah, she's just one of my favorite people in the world and... Uh, you know, when they found out they were doing this, they said, who should we talk to? Who else? Laura DiDio. Yeah. Marvin Scott. Like, yeah. talk to these people. I think Marvin, Marvin is so incredibly um, well-spoken, but blunt with the way he puts it out there. It's just like, a, but he, here's the facts. It is what it is. He also has a lot of that newsman, you I know, know tease just, to go into commercial awesome. type. It's awesome. The way that he presents himself is just awesome. And so much archival footage. Yes. Uh, stuff that I've never seen before. Yep. Uh, including, you know, there's there's a lot of comments directly from Ronnie DeFeo himself. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of uh, s- photographs and, and video clips that I've never seen in the past. And it, it's just, it, yeah, it's worth spending the time. Uh, definitely curl up and, and be prepared to pay attention. I, I know somebody who was, was watching it and they were on Instagram at the same time, like, you know, scrolling through mm-hmm. and it's like, I, I can't, I can't do both things at once. Right. Because it's there's just so much information coming at you. So again, famously haunted Amityville. It's on the Tubi app, T-U-B-I, and it's actually a free streaming service. Once you get in it, once you get it and downloaded, you're gonna say, "Oh wow, there's lots of stuff on here I want to watch. Lots yeah. of great horror movies for Halloween, but all your favorite TV shows are up there. Stuff that you can find on other streaming services. Uh, the reason why you find them is because they're ad supported. So basically, you know, lots of Things, lots of movies and TV shows can be there because they're able to be able to pay for the rights to, to show them. Yeah, Whereas, surprisingly, it's it's chock full of stuff that I'm super familiar with. Yeah, I mean everything from you know uh, kitchen nightmares and hotel hell. That's those those are those Gordon Ramsay shows, right? Mm-hmm. I know Alf is on there. You know, <laughs> uh, all kinds and, and great movies up yeah. there. You know, all your favorite movies are there. So anytime you're looking for something and you can't find it on your cable box or whatever. Uh, just look for it on Tubi. By the way, too, if you do, if you don't have a smart TV but you want to watch it on your TV, chances are if you have a, a Comcast cable box, you can actually access the Tubi app through the cable box. Uh, as they're starting to add more and more streaming apps into those cable box uh, units because they want to make sure that you're not cutting the cord. All right, we have a phone call here. Let's take that, and then we'll start calling all of our investigators that are out in the field tonight. We're just trying to get let them get home because it started raining. Uh, hold on. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hi, Steph. Hi, Tim. It's Chrissy. Hey. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to give a call because, of course, I can't miss the Bridgewater Triangle show any year. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out to my team, of course, the Bridgewater Triangle Legend Teachers, of course, otherwise known as Team Cannoli. I was going to say, um, listen, I remember the year that you showed up here after with a whole box of cannolis. <laughs> so I'm voting right now personally, and I'm putting it out there to the universe that next year you will be here with a box of cannolis and you will be back home. Oh, okay. 
right. I, I, I want to try for that. No, notice, <laughs> notice how the cannolis came first in that way. The wish. cannolis always I, come first, well, that's thing, just no because, matter what. I mean, she knows I love her. I, I actually spent I, a ton of time with her, like, the past yes. two months. So Yes. We've been hanging, yes. Yes, Tim. <laughs> you've been left out. You need to join us next time. That's of all right. I'm, I'm always there in spirit. Yes, we, Timothy, we, we would love you to join us eventually, you know. <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, as you said, you know, the, you, you always have to take part one way or another. You've been out there in the field for some of these, you know, just mm -hmm. kind of give the audience an idea of what it's like to be out there invest. You know, I think a lot of our audience gets out there and investigates, but not a lot of people get out there and do it for a radio show. Does it change things to be out there, you know, knowing that every 20 minutes you're going to be getting a phone call to find out what's going on? Um, there seems sometimes it could be a little pressure of like, uh, I feel like we're not seeing anything or we're not experiencing anything but i think there's a lot of excitement um going on when we're when we're doing this show everybody is you know pumped and just ready to take on what whatever comes um and it's fun to be to know that we're all out there together and we're trying to experience you know the paranormal together so that's the cool part for me you know and you mentioned the the bridgewater triangle legend chasers that's their name this year uh that, yeah mark always tries to keep trying to change it back to the uh, to the acronym uh but uh i think i was thinking, talking about this with stephanie i think mark and dave or at least definitely mark have been out there for every single one of these yeah 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 yep that is for sure that i mean sure. 15 years of doing this you know that's that's some dedication right there it also means that you know that they've got nothing else going on on a saturday night come on guys you that know? also means that we don't either my friend I know. <laughs> right exactly I know. I do have to say, you know, Chrissy, you know, being as far away as you are right now, but I, I think you would agree being out in the Bridgewater Triangle and investigating something like the Bridgewater Triangle. I know you mentioned the pressure or, you know, trying to see something or, you know, waiting for something to happen. But a location like this, as soon as you cross into that triangle area, you can just feel the shift of energy anyways. It's almost yeah. like you just know it's different than the rest of any anywhere else that you've been. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, Anawan Rock, one of my favorite places. Um, the land there alone, yes, you you have the noise from the surrounding things going on, but you just feel energy. Um, the rock itself, you feel energy. I mean, the air, it's, it's, it's just when you walk down that path and you get closer and closer, you just start feeling it. Um, I don't know if everybody feels that but i mean i know i definitely do and i've had already you know my first time there i had an experience and it was i couldn't believe it and i just you know but every time that we had gone loved it loved it couldn't imagine that's that's my favorite spot so you'll be back next year right yes ma'am i will try my best to be back there next year <laughs> that's a good deal i like that i like to hear it all right thank you for checking in chrissy it was great talking with you and i miss you Miss you too, Tim. Bye. Bye. And uh, everybody else uh, out there too, we are going to be taking your phone calls during the show at 508-996-0500 as we're trying to check in uh, with all of our uh, investigators as we go through the night. Uh, we also will, you know, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, some of them are not going to be live out in the field, but they were out in the field earlier. Nobody is uh, nobody's just calling this in from home and pretending like they were out there. They were all out there tonight, uh, but then, of course, the rain came. For us, it wasn't raining as of, you know, 10 minutes of 10, and then all of a sudden we... The sky opened up. Yeah, we just heard the down... Because we have some skylights here right. uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the building, and you can just hear it just 
downpouring. It, it wasn't even a light trickle. It was just like the sky opened and all hell broke loose. But it looks like it hasn't rained since. Not So it here. looks like we got that one big burst. Right. And then nothing else. So hopefully... You know, if there was going to be a big burst like that in other places, they were already sheltered before it happened. If people are in the actual Bridgewater area, it might be a little crazier than here. I had that conversation the other day with our good friends, Len and Peggy, and we were discussing how different the weather is from where you and I are sitting right now to where they are. And it's really only a 20-minute difference. So um, we're hopeful that those that are out there at least were able to, you know, take some shelter. Or, you know, we're able to investigate a little bit. I know we had some complaints of the wind being really bad, um, picking up, and uh, they were kind of unsure of what was going to happen right. before it, the rain it, happened. It was very windy before the rain even came. I like a good investigation during a storm, though. I know it's, it's I, terrible for EVPs, but just... And when you're indoors, maybe. No, even outdoor. Well, Especially yeah. on a summer night. It is difficult to... Well, you know it's not summer anymore, right? It's it's Indian summer. It was pretty warm. It's super warm out. All right, let's go out to our first uh, call out in the team. We have Matt Bonese, who is uh, Matt. You're out at Lake Nip tonight. Yes, I am out at the Nip. I'm joined by two friends, uh, John and Paul. They're hanging out in the vehicle with me, looking for UFOs, Bigfoot, and whatever ghosts may roam about. Were George and Ringo busy? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> It's like he it's like he was expecting that. He knew it was going to happen. He should expect it. <laughs> so give everybody just a quick breakdown of, of, first of all, where Lake Nip is and, and some of the reports that come out of there. All right. Lake Nip is found in the Bridgewater area. Current location is that I'm at is off of Route 104, and it's bordered by Route 24. The stories go back literally hundreds of years. Uh, seeing the wild man of the woods around here. And uh, there's been UFO sightings over the lake for as long as people have been recording stuff around here. And, of course, you have a number of ghost fires and uh, sounds coming from the island that's out on on the nip. So uh, the reason why I choose the nip is it has all of the big three, so it makes it a you know one stop shop for paranormal, at least in my book, because you can find stories about all of the different things. And and what about tonight in particular? Has there been anything happening out there? Uh, tonight we've seen what looked like before the rain started was uh, dark smoke coming out from over the nip, directly above us. So it was it was. A sm- smoke, sm- smoke, but with no no visible source no visible for smoke. Fire, correct. And yeah. you know, just can you give us kind of a description of like what it's what it's like out there in terms of the atmosphere? You know, knowing that a storm is coming and and then having the storm come through. I mean, that that kind of heightens all the energy, right? Uh, yeah, we've also been watching lightning go off and around us here and there, so that adds an extra bit of creep factor to it. Um, of course, you know, being at the nip in this kind of weather, it will definitely spook you, to put it uh, in our terms. But, yeah, it's pretty neat. Would you not agree, gentlemen? I do it up. Yeah. I'm sorry about that word. I'm freaked out right now. <laughs> I got to go home and do it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, pretty 
good out here. I like it. You guys were bugging me out there with the, with the with the black clouds spots and all the white clouds after that. It's crazy, man. And some of the stories we told. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have a newbie out here, so he's a little freak. I don't think I'm uh, sorry about the uh, expletive, but I'm, yeah, yeah, muffle, muffle. Um, I'm not gonna. I don't think. I, I don't think I'm gonna come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, everybody should experience it at least once, uh, and certainly it sounds like. You know, there's uh, the potential there for more activity. Has the rain stopped, or is it still raining? There? Off and on. Off okay. and on. So you're going to stick around for a little bit? I'll hang out for another hour. All right. Well, we'll check back in with you in the second hour. All right, brother. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Hang for a little bit, John. That is uh, Matt Moniz out at the NIP, uh, and, of course, uh, we will check back in with him in hour number two as we're going to try and cycle through with all of our uh, investigators uh, we'll check in with them and we'll see what's been going on. We'll see kind of what activity has been happening. And then when we call back in the second hour, you know, maybe they can actually be investigating depending on if the rain has gone through where they are. So, uh, Stephanie, you are somebody who, you know, Moniz mentioned, you know, having a newcomer there. Uh, at one point, you were a first-time investigator in, in the Bridgewater Triangle. I can, was. Can you remember, you know, what it was like to, to go and chase down some of these legends? You know, I'm trying to think of what my first Bridgewater Triangle experience was. Um, I don't know if you remember or not. I can't. I can't remember where where I was. I think it predated you hanging out with me. I think it might have. Um, let me think about this for a minute. <laughs> uh, I think I know one one story comes to mind, and I was actually called to do a reading of a location, I believe, in East Bridgewater. Um, which might now have been famous or made famous, um, or will be, uh, I think it's going to be featured on an upcoming show on travel channel. Um, but it was probably more than 10 years ago and it was, uh, Mrs. Swift's and more antiques, um, which I think is right near the, the ice cream place that you and I sat down and had ice cream that day. Do you remember that? Oh, the day that we got to hang out with Chris Jericho? Yes. Yeah, that, that was day. one of my favorite days of all time. <laughs> it's right across the street from there. So that was a really cool experience. Um, I mean, the Freetown State Forest has always been um, a source of crazy activity, um, legend, lore, history. And I've been, you know, I've had experiences there gosh, I can think back to like being like 15, 16 years old. So that was definitely pre you. Um, and it wasn't even like a official investigation. I think it was just a, a more of a, a curiosity or, um, Hey, I'm here. So let me check it out sort of thing. It was before like official investigation that's, type that's, of stuff. It's you know? kind of what tonight is too. It's not really necessarily an official it's investigation for some of these groups. Yeah. yeah. Only because we're not putting them under the most ideal circumstances. It's oh, like, no. hey, get out there and we're going to call you. So like that's not, you know, usually don't. You know what though? Like this is true investigating. If you, if you truly think about it, what we're, what I just described and what we're having people do, you know, you're using you know, even if you don't have crazy amounts of equipment, just your, your own senses, your own body and just exploring. And that's really what investigating is. It, it became an official thing when it became, you know, something on mainstream media and everybody thinks that there's a format to it. There's no format. 
Well, let's uh, let's check in with one of our teams, Relatively Paranormal, which is based here in New Bedford. They are out at the Palmer River Churchyard uh, out there in the Rehoboth area. So let's check in with Todd, Sylvia, and uh, we'll find out what's going on out there. Hello, Todd. Are you with us? Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, Tim? How are you? Good. How are you doing? How's things going out there tonight? Uh, actually, we had a great investigation, except for the fact that I tripped over a uh, tombstone and ripped my leg open, probably up to the hospital, but... Uh, we kept going, we kept going, and uh, we actually got quite a bit of activity there. So, I, uh, I was just saying, you were, you were out there with, with Marissa and Manny, right? That's correct, yeah. We had never been there before. The place is tiny, but it, it's it's creepy. It definitely has a certain creep factor very to dark. it. It's very dark out there tonight. And, well, that whole area has, you, you know, there's there's multiple haunts in the Rehoboth area that, that for a long, long time people have kind of, almost forgotten about them as being part of the Bridgewater Triangle. You know, Andrew Lake wrote about them in his book, and he's done a lot of work out there, but it's not a place that people think of when they think of the Triangle, but yet it's one of the most haunted parts of the Triangle. We, we spent the whole summer at Anawan Rock Village Cemetery, and we kept meaning to go here. And the funny thing is, is every time we went to go, it rained, and then tonight it ends up raining again. But we got in probably a good... Good hour and a half, two hours of uh, saw and investigating, and uh, we had some really, really good uh, responses. Flashlight communication was excellent. Uh, the Vortex spirit box, the voices were very clear. Uh, they said there was two spirits there, a man and a woman, and uh, we caught some some figures moving on the flare and both SLSs because we have the, the one for the Xbox One and the Xbox 360. They kind of work a little different. And uh, it's rare to get one on the Xbox One, and we caught two, like, really creepy ones hanging out near gravestones on the ground. It was actually pretty freaky. And, and, and crystal clear on the flare, too. Yeah. So you're getting multiple, you know, multiple devices that are giving you signs of activity. You know, so talk about a little bit about the importance of that, about being able to catalog this on, on multiple formats as opposed to just having one thing that might just be, you know, an anomalous moment on one device or meter. What we, what we always strive for and um, why we do load up on a, a lot of equipment is because we like the corroborating evidence. We like the multiple devices going off at one time. We like stuff like that. But to have the, the two different SLSs, you know, one works with the, the dot mapping, the infrared dots. The other one is kind of like a sonar where it spits out a, a signal. It bounces back and it, 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 um, the software will, will turn it into a picture. Uh, to have them both catching figures in similar areas is awesome it never happens it never happens and it was really exciting to see especially on the uh the the version two of the xbox one because it, it's just like a, a more animated figure it shows like 28 joints it was really exciting to see and so now that you've been to this location and, and had some activity is it a place where you think you'll you'll go back maybe in better weather oh absolutely absolutely we love i we had never uh, investigated rahobas till the summer and we've been to Anawan Rock twice, Village Cemetery twice. I'd absolutely go there again. Rehoboth is awesome. I mean, that that whole town is haunted. Haunted as, 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 as heck, really. I mean, really haunted place. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here about this, but a friend of mine reached out to me to say that uh, they were redoing the Hornbein School, uh, kind of updating some of it, and the original shutters that they had on there, uh, they had to replace those shutters, and th they were actually offering to sell me some of the original shutters from the Hornbine School. So if that's still happening, if you guys want to get in on it, <laughs> have, have some haunted shutters to hang out uh, to hang up in your home, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. Tell everybody, too, how they can check out your uh, your program and, and how they can follow along with you guys on social media and online. 
Absolutely. So every uh, Friday night, or almost every Friday night, uh, we host a paranormal show on uh, the Facebook page, New Bedford Guide, called Wickedly Haunted. Uh, we basically show clips from our investigations. Uh, we kind of relate it to a paranormal topic, like if we're doing a graveyard, we'll talk about, you know, hauntings in graveyards and research we've done with it. And we encourage um, audience to get involved, to uh, to comment, to ask questions, even about anything about paranormal or investigating. It's actually what, what one of the best things we like about the show. And uh, we always offer if anybody needs help in the area, you're experiencing, you know, any issues paranormal-wise, we're always happy to come out and uh, investigate. And our website, uh, relativelyparanormal.com, is full of videos, uh, links to our YouTube, our TikTok, and we have a, a nice public Facebook page called Relatively Paranormal. Well, it's all Relatively Paranormal, so, except for the, the Wiki the Haunted Show, but um, if you go to our website, you can see... I have two video players uh, and a photo album full of probably almost a couple hundred different evidence pictures that we picked up over the years. And uh, if you like paranormal content, it's full of it. It's all just evidence. That's all it is. That's all we're about, really. Excellent. Well, when you, you know, have when you have stuff to share from tonight, let us know, and we'll we'll put it out on the Spooky South Coast social media too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll we'll uh, we'll be going through the evidence soon, and uh, uh, we'll sure we'll do an episode on Wickedly Haunted, and uh, everybody can see me trip over the gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, I think we covered everything that happened tonight, so we, we won't bother you again. So if you want to go to the hospital, definitely go and do that because you know how long of a wait that's going to be. Yeah, I, honestly, I think I actually, you know, because we, we looked at it uh, at, the, at, the, um, at the cemetery, and it was horrific. It was probably the most horrific thing we saw all night. Yeah, so I, you should definitely go get that checked out because you know you never know what's uh, what's going to get into one of those uh, one of those cuts. Uh, it ends up getting affected. If you if you end up getting an infection for the spooky South Coast uh, Bridgewater Triangle show, I'd, I'd feel pretty bad. That being said, you, you can't sue us. You can't sue us. Not liable, but Listen, there's always... gonna owe me an, you owe me an interview on my TV show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that that we can make happen. All, All right, right, well thank you for going out there tonight and uh, for oh, enduring the that. pain and uh, and no say hi. Say hi to everybody for me. Bye, no Marissa. Problem. Good to talk to you, Tim. Have a, have a great one. Take care. Uh, that is the crew from Relatively Paranormal. Yeah, we don't want anybody to get injured. That's... that's Right. Flashlights. Yeah. Important. Well, but, I mean, they <laughs> they know how to investigate. So, um, you know, um, that's why every year we put out on social media that we're going to be doing this show. Right. And we're looking for teams to go out and investigate. And I always say experienced teams and investigators for years we've paired people up that you know have never been out before with people that we know would take care of them but we we get all kinds of people that want to go out and do it mm -hmm. and say you know we'll go we'll go be part of this and i have to say to them listen i'm sorry mm -hmm. i've never investigated with you before right uh, i'm not familiar with you as an investigator so therefore i can't put you out there because i don't know what the risk level is obviously right. you know relatively paranormal we haven't had the chance to investigate with todd and marissa yet mm -hmm. but you know, I've seen their videos. I've watched their show. I know that they know what they're doing. So I have full trust in them. Everybody else that's investigating tonight are all people that we know. Correct. And people that we have investigated with. So we feel safe, you know, <coughs> having them be out there and putting themselves into these, uh, you know, potentially dangerous situations. Uh, the other part of it, too, is we've had people in the past that have gone and been caught in places that they shouldn't have been. Correct. Without getting permission. And when the police, you know, show up and arrest them for trespassing, they've dropped our name. Oh, we're here for Spooky South Coast on WBSM. And, you know, we don't know anything about that. We didn't 
sign off on you doing that. So it's become, you know, double protection for us, not only for you to stay safe, but to make sure that you're not out somebody out there just, you know, dropping our name when you get in trouble for doing something that you shouldn't do. Right. And just to be clear, the people that we have out there tonight and just like every year, they call the police station themselves of where they're going to be and let them know exactly what's going on well ahead of time, at least a few days beforehand. Um, I know personally, uh, Mark and Dave, who we'll talk to soon, do that every single year. They talk to the police. They let them know exactly what's happening, what they'll be doing, and where, they'll, where they're going to be. And um, they do a great job at that. So responsibility is, is huge. Because if you don't, you know, if you, if, you're, if you don't check in and get permission. You can't go. If they do show up and you are trespassing, they could arrest you. Now, you'd like to think that maybe they won't, especially since you're a paranormal investigator and not just some, you know, punk kid showing up to vandalize a property. But you never know when you're going to be the person they want to make an example out of. Correct. And if you get arrested on a weekend, you're there till Monday morning. Right. So, all right. So we have made it through one, two, three. We're going to be checking in next with... Let's see, Jess and Kaysen. Oh, well, that didn't oh, work. It didn't work. I can, I can already hear that not working. <laughs> we can try one more time. Sometimes I forget it has to be a long-distance call, so. Right. But we'll check in with them, and they This was so were, much easier when we had a producer. They are in Bridgewater tonight at the, what does that say, UBG Airport Field? Uh, Air, UBG Airsoft Field. Airsoft Field, okay. I'm reading upside down. All right, we're having a little bit of trouble connecting with them, so I'll try okay. and make sure that we we get it going during the the uh, the break. So uh, if uh, if JK Paranormal and the Bridgewater Triangle Legend Chasers are listening, we will check in with you in the second hour. Uh, time just got away from us a little bit here, as it almost always does mm -hmm. during the Bridgewater Triangle show. But we are going to connect with uh, all of our groups uh, throughout the course of the second hour. Well, we'll let we'll let. Todd go to the hospital. <laughs> We're not gonna, although we could have right. called him back because he's going to be in the waiting room for a long time. A Saturday night uh, during a storm mm -hmm. around Halloween. You know that place is going to be packed. I mean, it's packed anyways on a normal weekday night. Right. Um, I did learn recently after trips of mine to the hospital that after dinner, there's a rush. People eat dinner first, then they go to the ER. <laughs> Which is wild. I don't understand the logic, but, you know, people like to show up to the ER for things that aren't an actual emergency. Well, we uh, we do have only about three minutes left uh, until the top of the hour. Then we'll take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side of the news, we'll start checking in with all of our teams again. Stephanie, in just these couple of minutes that we have, I happened to see online earlier, you posted a little something about something that's coming up uh, at the end of the month. I did. Just kidding. So for, gosh, uh, October, there we go, October 29th, there's a little event called Cauldrons and Candlelight, and it'll be an evening of histories, haunts, legends, and lore, and that will be featuring myself, Scott Porter, Tim Weisberg. I don't know if you guys have heard of, of him or not. Um, you know, he's an elusive creature. He's that guy that's in that... Oh, yeah, Amityville he's in documentary. That new, yeah, he's yeah. in that new Tubi documentary. Um, my friends Lopaka Kapanui from Hawaii and um, my friend Crystal Madison from Sleepy Hollow. So I'm actually really excited about this event because it's something that we've all sat around and done amongst ourselves. Um, 
you know, this, this particular group of people all know, you know, about each other from each other, but I don't think we've all been in the same place at the same time before. And the amount of stories that can be told from all of us are just, it's going to be fascinating and I can't wait to just sit back and. And these are going to be just traditional ghost stories. There will be traditional ghost stories. There will be never before heard uh, actual, you know, real life experience ghost stories. Um, I'm going to include some history in there, history of, of Sao and history of Halloween um, and what that means to different cultures because everybody in this particular um, poster comes from a different cultural background. So the the amount of history that, that goes into that as well I think is fascinating. So I can't well, wait to just see what happens and unfolds. I will, I will definitely be telling my favorite ghost story, my favorite local ghost story. In fact, I only agreed to do this if I would be allowed to tell that story. And I agreed to let you do it. It's, it's, it's a good one. It's a good story. It's a, it's a ghost story about a witch. Right. You don't often have ghost stories about witch. You have ghost stories, you have witch stories. You don't often have them going hand in and hand. And I think it's funny that you'll be telling it while telling it to two witches. Right. So. <laughs> well, it, the listen, irony. In, 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 in this particular story, not to, not to spoil it, the witch is actually, you know, misunderstood and mistreated. So right. this hopefully gets the word out. So really quickly, we got about 30 seconds. Just tell people how they can sign up. So it's actually on, it'll be a Zoom webinar. So you can watch from home wherever you are. Uh, you can actually buy a ticket if you can't make it live. Uh, you can watch it. You can watch the replay up till seven days afterwards. So if you follow us on social media, um, you can definitely find it there because um, the, the link is very long and Yeah, and we'll twisted, put it on the Spooky so South Coast we can Facebook definitely do that. and Twitter. That'll be the easiest. All right, back with more in just a bit. South Coast, our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. And uh, we are going to be continuing to check in with our teams out in the field. Uh, we're going to be checking in with them at their different locations. Uh, we've had some trouble getting in touch with some of them, uh, but we are going to make sure that we try to get to them uh, before the end of the hour. So I will just say this, Matt Moniz, if you're listening, just going to shift you a little bit. Uh, toward the end of the hour. So if you need to get out of the rain and get going on the road, feel free to do so. Uh, that has been the challenge a little bit tonight because we don't have a show next week. Uh, we'll be off at the at the Wayside Inn in, in Sudbury. And we don't have a show the week after that because I'll be enjoying the music of the monkeys. 
And I know that people think that it's weird that I have this love of the monkeys, but I've had it my whole life. I've, I've always loved the monkeys, and Mike was always, you, well, mostly he was my favorite. Um, Mickey kind of took over as I got older, and I realized some of the comedic sensibilities and everything, uh, but uh, Mike was my favorite growing up, and I never got the chance to see him live. I, I, the only time I've seen the monkeys was when they did a free concert in Boston, and then it was just Mickey and, Pete, uh, Mickey and Davey. So I never got to see Peter. He passed away, uh, as did Davey. But so Mickey and Mike are out on the farewell tour, and they're rolling through. They'll be in Medford, so I have to go. And uh, so that's, that's going to be happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. You go enjoy yourself. And listen, you, there's some pretty prominent people in the paranormal who are Big Monkeys fans. So I'm not judging. Enjoy. Do you, do you want me to call you and, and uh, like, video chat with you during any specific songs? No. No? Probably not. All right. Listen. Someday, <laughs> someday, I'll get to tell my grandkids I saw the monkeys. Yes. And they're going to say, who? Exactly. I'll be like, no, I never got to see the who. Just the monkeys. I wanted to go see the who, but I never got the chance. Uh, all right. So also, as we are connecting with all of our groups, the phone lines are also open for you. If you want to call in, 508-996-0500 is that number. Uh, we try to, you know, keep the, the the phone calls moving pretty quickly. So if you're not calling in to talk specifically about the Bridgewater Triangle, or we could even extend it to also say if you're calling about the new Amityville um documentary on Tubi that Stephanie and I are in, you know, we'll indulge our egos and talk about that. But <laughs> we'll otherwise we're going to say that we want to keep the calls related to the Bridgewater Triangle discussion because we do want to make sure that we're able to get out to all of our teams. Speaking of which, I think that we have Kason and Jessica from JK Paranormal on the air. Let's push them through and see if we got them. Is that is that you, Kason? Yeah. Hi. How's it going? Sorry we couldn't connect before. Uh, I didn't realize that I had to dial one before your phone number. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you would think after all these years, I would know how to operate the phone in the radio studio. It's really complicated technology around here. Well, that's okay, Tim. I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were out tonight at a location that I'm not familiar with out in Bridgewater. Can you tell us a little bit about the spot you were at? Yeah, I actually have one of the employees here, so I'm going to let him tell about some of the claims at this airsoft field. Oh, excellent. All right, so we're at um, PNL Paintball and UBG Airsoft in Bridgewater. Um, we are in the Bridgewater Triangle, so we've had claims from paintball reps out in our woods that they have heard noises out there and things that they couldn't quite explain. They actually, the paintball reps refuse to work after dark now. Wow. Because of these claims, um, they will not work once it gets dark out. The For the airsoft people, we got here, I want to say, two or three years ago. We have no problem being out there after dark, but it's definitely a weird, it's not a good time out there if you're by yourself, even if you have a flashlight. But I am going to hand the phone to Kaysen so that you can go over some of our investigations. Sure. Yeah, so... Um, we, we had claims from a few different areas that we were checking out here. Uh, we started in an area they call the Alamo, and we actually we were testing out a few of the Echo Vox type apps, like, uh, what are the other two, Jeff? 
Necrophone and um, Paravox. Um, and we actually had the most success with Necrophone out here. Uh, it actually said the name of the area we were in, Alamo, on a phone that was on airplane mode. Um, and uh, we got a lot of get outs and leaves. So they don't really want us in there at night. <laughs> they complained about the plastic. So they don't really like the bullets being left behind and oh, everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that, yeah. Um, we got some things that sounded like it was in Native American, so we we think it might be um, older than when we were here. And, uh, yeah, the rain has made us retreat back to our car. But do you do you do you feel like maybe the the atmosphere, you know, the uh, the energy that's in the air with the with the storms rolling in, did that kind of help charge things up a little bit, maybe? Oh yes, we we definitely you know as the rain picked up, we got more stuff, and maybe that was part of the reason with the phone issue. Yeah, you never know. Sometimes it is. So well, sometimes it is my dumbness, but sometimes it's not. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm giving you an out here. I know. I appreciate it. Uh, so, so in, in this location there now, is this a place too where uh, you think that uh, going down in the future you might do you might do some more investigating of? Oh yeah, we we talked to the owner already, um, and we're probably going to make this a regular spot to to investigate for a while, see what we get. Yeah, because I mean, it definitely sounds like if there's if there's any kind of conflict between the spirits that are there and what the what the property is being used for, you know, I'd be interested in seeing what happens over over time to see if their if their opinions don't change once you're able to kind of communicate with them. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thank you for going out there and, and braving the rain tonight for us. Uh, and if you, if you get anything, any uh, evidence or anything that you want us to share, let us know, and we'll make sure we put it up on the on the Spooky South Coast social media. Will do. We also have uh, some pictures of the area that look spooky enough. We'll send your way, too. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for being out there, and, and thanks to you, too, Jessica. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care, be safe, and, and we'll talk to you soon. You, too. Bye. Uh, that is the crew from JK Paranormal. And uh, we are going to make sure that uh, anything that does come in from the groups, we will get out there to you, uh, whether it be uh, on Twitter or whether it be on Facebook. Usually it's just super easy to share everything in the Spooky South Coast Facebook group, but I know not everybody does Facebook, you know? People are cutting the cord with it more and more. And then there's also the the whole thing that happened where there was an outage the other day and people started to realize, like, how much do I really need Facebook? And I can tell you that for the paranormal community, we need it because that's how we share so much of this stuff between each other. And honestly, like... If somebody has, like, a different name on Facebook, I don't even know what their real name is half the time. <laughs> like, you meet them in person, like, oh, it's me, Susan. Like, I don't know. It was a great day when Facebook forced people to are. use their legal names because it made life so much easier. Right. Instagram is a whole other ballgame now. Think, too, of all the years that we um, we did events and we would make people wear name tags. Yes. And we told them it was so that, you know, we knew that they were part of the event and that if somebody snuck in, we would know who paid and who didn't. But in all actuality, it was just because I can't remember anybody's names. Don't give away our secrets. Well, that's it's not a secret as much as it is my problem. <laughs> well, then that's that's your own fault. And then... What's the matter? I, I was trying to make a phone call there, and I was not <laughs> sure if it was working, and... I can't frozen. do I can't do two <laughs> things at once. We got to get another intern before the next Bridgewater Triangle show. Remember when we had the intern, we could just send her in the other room and be like, "You go make phone calls." Yes, I think we scared her more than than anything, though. Yeah, 
she's um she's definitely staying far away from the paranormal now, but she's gone on to to bigger and better bigger and better things. So which is good. And not like my first intern who never got to work Spooky South Coast. Right. But um, but yeah, no, she's she's gone on to bigger and better things too. Right. If you're familiar with Michaela, was it Michaela Makeup, Michaela J Makeup? On social media, on TikTok and on Instagram. She's Michaela Nugera on TikTok. Like one of the biggest makeup people on the internet was my intern. Yes. You think she could have taught me how to use TikTok before she left. You're going to have to call her up and ask for lessons. Call her up and ask her for some plugs. (laughs) Let's go ghost hunting. Can you do our makeup? Yeah, there we go. That's a little cross promotion. All right, I think now that we have Scott Beeman on the line, uh, let's see here. I'm going to push this through here. Hello, Scott. Are you with us? I am, Kim. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, I know that the weather kind of forced your hand a little bit tonight, but that you were able to get out and do some uh, some checking out of Burial Hill before before the weather came in, uh, that being out in Plymouth. Tell us, before we start getting into uh, the you know the night itself, tell us a little bit about some of the stories that you've heard about Burial Hill. Uh, well, I've heard a number of stories, uh, particularly having to do with sailors. Um, I guess there was a number of sailors. Uh, not sure how they met their end, but I know there's a couple of trees, I believe, in the north end of the cemetery that... Um, Sailor can be seen coming out from behind the trees. Um, also the same with a little girl in an area very nearby. Um, those are the two most prominent ones I've heard. There are others. I, I didn't get to do the research that I wanted to. But, well, I, um, I can tell you the sailors came. Uh, they were actually frozen. Uh, they were out, out off the coast and a blizzard hit. And... They actually all, you know, the ones who died there pretty much froze to death. They were able to to, to try to bring some of them aboard, uh, but they uh, they ended up, you know, uh, some of them onto land, uh, but a, a good number of them actually perished. And so they were all kind of buried together up there on Burial Hill. There's a monument to them there where uh, the captain is buried as well. Uh, but also, as you're saying too, like, there's so many legends in that whole area, like not just at the Burial Hill Cemetery, but that whole part of downtown Plymouth has a, a ton of different ghost stories, including at the base of Burial Hill. You know, the story of I'm sure you heard the story, Scott, about the uh, where the where the Carver Inn is now. They had a, a, a home for medical students where they would go up onto Burial Hill and steal bodies, freshly buried bodies to practice on. Yes, I have heard that. I Actually, mean, uh, freaky stuff. Jeff. Yeah, no, Jeff, I was just going to say, Jeff Campbell stopped by and uh, hung out with us for a little bit, and he was telling us a little bit about that, um, along with some other, well, he's the one that told us about the sailors and uh, whatnot, and um, gave us a couple of spots to look at, uh, I think particularly, uh, like I said, on the north end of the cemetery, and uh, again, we were fighting the elements, but you could definitely feel a buzz in that place. Uh, throughout the whole cemetery, but definitely in in those areas, those particular areas. Those sailors' Um, bodies were brought to the courthouse, which is now a little museum at the foot of the uh, cemetery, and left there to thaw out from Mm. being frozen in the the ice of of the ocean right there. And uh, 
there was it was messy. <laughs> when we were there for the Plymouth Paracon, Scott, I said, "Hey, Stephanie, come check out this courthouse museum. I think you'll like it." Not telling her, "Oh, by the way, you're probably going to get punched in the face by the spirits of yeah. you know seventy sailors that were all thought out here." That's handy information to have. That's he's, the kind of friend I am. He's so nice to me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I know it was kind of a tough night. Not not a lot of stuff going on in terms of activity. Um. Well, like I said, there was definitely a buzz there, but unfortunately, um, all we could really do was take pictures. Um, we tried to do some EVP sessions, and there was just too much wind, and there was a lot of noise coming up from the street and so forth, so we really couldn't get anything going that way. Um, I tried I tried an Echo Vox Spirit Box sessions, and... Um, like I said, I, I, I think the problem was because of the altitude it was right on the water. It just made the wind that much worse. Oh, sure, so, yeah. And I, um, I didn't take into account, I should have should have warned you, uh, about all the bars <laughs> that are at the base yes. of the cemetery. I didn't even think about that. A Saturday night in downtown Plymouth? Yeah. 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 Especially this time of year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, we actually frequented one beforehand. For there you dinner, go. So, uh, yeah. They have yeah, good we, food uh, around there. Oh, they did. We went to, um, I can't think of the name of it, but right in just Mill, uh, Lusconos or something. Oh, yep, yep. Um, there's also awesome. there, there's also a fantastic burger place I'll tell you about there, too. Some of the best burgers you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how we oh, roll on Spooky burger. Snack Coast. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so, and right you... You got to have Leo and Jesse with you. I know Linda couldn't make it, but you know she's doing well. She's she's she's. Uh, I, I see you know on on social media. It looks like she's getting out and about, and everything's you know going very well with her recovery. Yeah, yeah. No, she's tracking well. Um, little problem with the ankle, which is what kept her from doing this tonight. Um, yeah, it's a tough hill with, with us. And yeah, I mean it was for, even for us. You know, I mean it's it's not exactly smooth terrain, but. Uh, um, just, just the, you know, just the stairs alone, she never would have been able to make, but, um, even once she got there, it, it was a tough one, but she'll, she'll be at the next one. Absolutely. Which is awesome. And congratulations sure. to you both. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> yes. Congrats. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. And, uh, and hopefully next year, you know, when we do this, it won't be on a rainy night. Yeah, hopefully we'll get one in anyway. All right. Well, you take care. We'll see you and, soon. Uh, okay, and you can also count me in as a huge Monkees fan my whole life. See? So I told you, Stephanie. Time. All right, I will. Oh, yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. I'll let you know what they play. All right, sounds good. Take care. That is Scott okay. Beeman. They were they were out there at Burial Hill tonight. And uh, we certainly, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we talked about it much here on Spooky South Coast just because of the, the – um, you know, the, just the up and down nature of our schedule here and when we've been on the air. But uh, Linda had a very bad incident where she was, she was struck by a car. Yes. And uh, just a very, very tough recovery, but miraculous recovery. Yeah, we're very happy that she's doing much, much better. And that's why I said congratulations because they got engaged after she she healed up. We call it a miraculous recovery. Right. And it was. Right. But let's not downplay how much work. She put in and, and Scott yes. in supporting her. Uh, it was so. very scary for a little while. And that's kind of the, the, the benefit of doing this show and 
doing things like the Bridgewater Triangle show, but also, you know, getting out there and doing some of the events that we did. We have met amazing people in this area. Yes. And we have built a, a real, you know, a real family and a support network. I think it's cool, too. I remember the first time that Scott introduced me to Linda and, you know, how casual it was and to think that they're now getting married. Like, how, how awesome is that? They, now, they came together by ghosts. They didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't meet through us, did they? I don't remember. I, don't, I, don't I think, think it was so. like a, Scott's going to have to remind us because I want to say they had a mutual connection already. Okay. Only because I'm trying to keep track of all the, all the weddings and, you know, <laughs> relationships weddings, that we followed. The groups, we, we've the, caused. the friendships, the events. There's been a lot, but I also want to say too, before we, we jump into the next phone call, um, do you remember the time that you and I got lost in Burial Hill? Yeah. And we say lost, but if you've ever been there, it's, it's not that, it's not that not easy big. to get. Yeah. It's not, but we went up there. We, we went up with Jeff Campbell. There's so we two had ways permission. to get in and out. That's it. And it's called Burial Hill. I think there's, I think there's three. All right. Well, two that. I think there's another entrance. They across from, you know, the far, the far end, end across from the, the but, end. But I would say there, two main entrances. There used to be a back entrance too, but they've been doing construction back there. So two very obvious entrances. And it's not very big. It's up on a hill. You can see everything from it. And lots of gravestones that are very easy to to use as markers. And yes, we were up there with permission uh, with our great friend, Jeff. And... Both, and I, I have to put it out there because, you know, some people are not like us, but completely sober. Um, and we got disoriented. Well, yeah, at that point. Well, it's, yeah, maybe, but I, you know, I will, I will freely admit that I, I did drink earlier, but by that point. No, yeah. I was, I was completely you're, you're normal. You're not a big drinker, though. I would not have gone up those stairs. You wouldn't have made it up those stairs. If I was, if I was, uh, but yes, no, I, 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 it was very, I did have some drinks earlier. I just want to be, you know, fully with dinner, fully, yeah. uh, but the, the feeling when I got up there, it was odd. It was like all of a sudden, like the air had been sucked out of everything. Yep. You know, as Scott was saying, you can hear the traffic down below. Mm -hmm. Uh, this was probably about like what, like 11, 1130 at night. It was late. Maybe maybe close to midnight. Um, but still, we're talking about a Friday night mm -hmm. in September, which is going to be, or was it September or October? Well, I think it was September. But it would have been a busy time at those Plymouth yep. bars. And the one that is, one of the ones that's right at the bottom of the, mm -hmm. the hill has now closed, but was open then because we right. had dinner there the next night. But it was like all of that, si all that sound was gone. It was dead silence. Yeah. And it was just, you felt like you were getting turned around. It was very odd. And I think even when you and I both realized that we felt the exact same way and we both felt like we were lost, which was odd, completely turned around, disoriented. And then we both were convinced that we found the exit out that we were meaning to take. And it was the complete opposite exit of which we were trying to. And we like, how does that happen? We were trying to find some specific graves and just couldn't couldn't, couldn't find, them. find them. And of course, we tell Jeff Campbell about, it and he's like, "Yep, that'll happen," which is so strange. 
but there's some very interesting graves in that that cemetery. Do you find too that um, you know you you have a, a different yeah. set of senses than I do? You know, you have a different set of abilities that can kind of help you through. Do you find that an incident like that where it's there's something that's fogging up your your regular senses that mm-hmm. it'll also kind of fog up some of your intuitive senses too? I think nothing ever messes with the intuitive aspect, but you're not always thinking on the intuitive aspect of things. You're thinking with your logical mind first and foremost. So I just don't think I, I flipped uh, the switch to make sure we could, you know, get out of there. I just, I was like, okay, you know, the, logically speaking, I see the edge, but I, we can get there. We just got to find the stairs and we found the wrong stairs. But, um, I think in that particular case, it was more like something wanted us to stay in order to communicate. I think that that's exactly how that made me feel. It was like they, we couldn't find the way out because they didn't want us to, they wanted us to, to hang around a bit longer. And like I said, some really interesting stories that come out of there, some really interesting backstories of the people that are buried there. Um, Anywhere from pilgrims to the sailors that we just talked about. And at the foot of that cemetery is what would have been, you know, the the town square, so to speak, where a lot of the famous pilgrims that we all know about lived. That's where their houses were. So, and that's where they attended church. So very, very, very interesting area. I'd love to go back there. Uh, would you... Hmm. But if you went back there, would you want it to be at night again in that same type of circumstance? Because I've gone up there during the day and done investigations. And now, you, got, you obviously, you have to watch out because there's people that just want to come and walk through. Right. Uh, people that want to visit, people that walk their dogs, whatever. So you have to keep an eye out for if there's other people around. But I've had pretty good activity happen during the day. I would almost say, like, yeah, I'll go back and investigate, but I don't know if it necessarily has to be at night. I think we went during the day the next day before we left. Um, it doesn't have to be at night. I think the the true gem of it being nighttime is it is closed after dark, and you cannot be up there without special permission. So the fact that it was just us was kind of nice to be able to just kind of be alone and, like, do our thing. So I, I think that's why I would vote for nighttime. But... As far as activity goes, I don't think it matters day or night. Uh, also, the part of me wants to go back at night, though, because I want to see if that same thing happens. Of course you do, because you're Tim. And I also want to check out some other areas. Right. That, you know, like nobody would go with me while we were there. But I do have, there, there are some folks that want to go out and investigate Plymouth with me uh, at some point. But one of the things I wanted to do is go to the Forefathers Monument. Okay. And nobody wanted to go. Why not? Uh, I think partially because we would have had to have gotten into a car. It's it's kind uh, of a long walk. Yeah. Um, but I I also would show photos of it to people, and they're like, yeah, no, I don't think I want to go there. Have you have you ever been there? Have you seen that monument? I don't know. Where is it? It's in Plymouth, uh, but it's on I believe it's Allerton Street. Maybe so not. it's 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 almost like you have to go all the way past the downtown area, like mm-hmm. you're heading toward North Plymouth, and then. There's, it's like a, you know, it's just in a neighborhood. You have to go up this hill and the top of the hill is a monument. Look up, um, look up on your phone, look up forefathers monument, not forefathers, but the forefathers, uh, and, and take a look at it. So oddly, there was just a, a, a documentary that came out a few years ago 
about the Forefathers Monument that was produced by Kirk Cameron. Okay. You know Kirk Cameron? Do you know who he is? Yep. Uh, so, he doesn't. Well, I mean, not everybody. The younger generation probably has no idea who Growing Pains, what Growing Pains was. Right. or It's like, it's like uh, you know, you, you mentioned anything from the 80s and people are like, that was so long ago. Yeah, I don't think we went to this. I know we went for... No, you, you. I've never brought you there. So if you've gone there, it's been without me. No, we went for a, a super long walk the next day. But I don't think we went Yeah, here. but that was that was yeah. down on the waterfront. This would have been in the opposite direction. Okay. Yeah, no. Um so it was when I was a kid, my dad used to have a, a paper route mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for extra money overnight. And uh he would get up like super early in the morning, like three or four in the morning, he'd go pick up the newspapers and then he'd go out and he'd deliver them. You know, this isn't like a small like neighborhood route, he'd be all over the whole town of yeah. Plymouth. And sometimes I would go with him. And I remember you know, it's a it's a big it's a big open park, and I'm driving around with my dad, and I had to use the bathroom, and nobody's nothing's open, right? At that time of the day, so he was like, "Well, just run up into the woods at the back of the park, and you know, go there." And I swear to God, that thing was alive. I could not nope. go near it; it was freaking me out. And other people report the same thing. So they made the documentary film about it, which Kirk Cameron produced. Uh, because, you know, he feels, you know, he's a very religious guy and mm-hmm. he feels like the, the, the lessons that are taught from that monument, you know, need to be taught to the next generation. Uh, but I've never seen anybody really go up there and do any investigating of it. And for the same reason that I think, you know, Kirk Cameron feels like it has a, a spiritual relevance in, in his life. I think it had a bit of a paranormal resident re- resonance in mine. Yeah. So, but would you be game for yeah. going up something like that at night? Why not? You say that now. Wait till you see it. I have never said no to any adventure. Maybe after the fact of like going back just because you don't listen and you're famous for not listening. But I do it. I say why not? Well, we'll have to get permission, of course. Always. To make sure that we can. Now, Plymouth is an odd town. It's hard to get permission. So what I'll do is I'll cheat the system a little bit, and I'll ask Jeff Campbell to get permission. There you go. All right, I'm trying to connect with uh, Mark and not having any luck. Um, I actually texted him and asked him to call us directly. He probably doesn't have service. But that's what I'm thinking because I got his voicemail. Which I think has happened before. They had to keep coming out of there in order to... It usually does happen with him. Because they get going and they're not afraid to go deep into different places. and Right. Yep, I'm getting his voicemail again. Okay, well, we tried. So I sent him a text. I'm going to send him a, a Facebook message as well. So I'll have, you, you can, I'll let you lead the show while I type out this message. Okay. Well, in that case, we were talking about Burial Hill. I'm trying to think of what else happened that night. Or what other strange things have happened? Well, one of the things about Plymouth... See, I I lived there when I was a kid. Right. And I always knew that it was a place that had a weird feeling to it. And I think it's it's one of the forgotten locations of the Bridgewater Triangle because it doesn't fit in that original triangle definition. I don't think it's a triangle. Well, right. But because, you know, it didn't fit in that original triangle, people overlook it. Mm-hmm. But... 
I was actually presenting last night for the the Tuxbury Library about the triangle, and I had my triangle map, which is more of like a yeah, you know, like a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for, like a octagon. No, not an octagon. Um, not okay, that tried. many. Not that many lines, but uh, more like a more like a pentagon. Okay. Although you know, if you really want to draw, maybe it's a dodecahedron. You know how many sides <laughs> that has? Yes. I think how many? I think I, I think that's twelve. <laughs> You're asking me. But I you think said so. It. Anyway. Um, well, I just know the term. I don't know what it actually means. Oh, my God. But anyway, so Plymouth, you know, growing up there, I always felt that there were a lot of places that had, and I say growing up there, I lived there from the time I was seven until the time I was uh, 11. So it was quite a bit of time. 12. Uh, no, I was 11. 12 sides. <laughs> okay. That's what I figured. <laughs> uh, so, but there was one place, and, and I see that we have Mark on the line now. So, Mark, I'll be right with you. Uh, so I'll make this quick. Uh, you know, experiencing all the different weirdness that I did there, the one place that I always thought was the weirdest, and I don't think we could get in for an investigation now. I've tried, but there's a new development corporation that's taken it over and is trying to turn it into like high-end luxury offices and apartments. But there's a place called Cordage Park. Have you ever heard of Cordage oh, absolutely. Park? So it's it used to be there was a rope factory there. Yeah. And the train would come right in. And actually, they the Walmart that's in Plymouth now in Colony Place, it used to be over in Cordage Park. And at the time, it was the only Walmart in the country that looked different than all the other Walmarts. Yep. Because they got had to get special permission because in order to put one in Cordage Park, it was required for it to look like all the other buildings of Cordage Park. So... Anyway, when I was younger, my dad, you know, used to sell stuff at flea markets on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And we, for a while, sold stuff at a flea market in Cordage Park. And the guy who ran the flea market would pay me like a, a buck or whatever, a couple of bucks to go around and open up all the entrances to yep. Cordage Park. So we'd be there setting up for the flea market like, you know, 6 a.m. Cordage Park would open like 7 or 8 a.m. And he'd say, you know, I'll pay you to just go around, open up all those doors. Basically, all I had to do is just go and pull the little yeah. thing that allows the doors to open up. And I'll be damned if it didn't freak me out to have to walk through that place alone and be the only one. And if you had to go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. there was only one bathroom that you could use. And I had to walk all the way across through the, the, the main shops area and the bathroom itself was severely haunted i mean i've heard that about the bathrooms in cordage park i would see like figures in there and really? uh, you know i'm, I'm not going to say i saw you know a full-bodied apparition or a ghost or anything but like you you're standing there like you using the urinal and and i think it was those long urinals that yep. like goes all the way into the floor so you're basically peeing on the floor <laughs> but i would see these like out of the corner of my eye these figures like walking around and i know one day I was in the stall mm -hmm. and I heard somebody come in and then when I opened up the stall, there was nobody in there. So, it, I mean, it was like they were standing right in front of the stall and I'm like, I'll be right out. There's another stall. I'll be right out. There's another stall. And when I opened the stall, there was nobody there. So, I remember the main shop place. area. Um, I mean, I've been in there many times for many different reasons, but... Um, my question was always, and I never did the research, was why is it so haunted? So I did a little bit of digging. There were some deaths associated to when it was a rope factory. Okay, that makes sense. And But I also think that the land is probably a big part of it, too. Yeah, uh, it that is, was my guess. It is close to the water, 
uh, and also the train coming in. Okay. You know, because the train would come in to pick up all the rope. So I think that there might be some some things that tie into that as well. Uh, the area itself, you know, that whole like North Plymouth Kingston area. Yep. Uh, there are a couple of other like private residences that I've heard have hauntings very close to where Cordage Park is. So I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't all kind of related. Super interesting. Yeah, definitely warrants some more investigation, but they got to let us in for us to do it. Let's do it. So, I don't know. Usually when they're trying to sell high-end places, they don't want to have any ghost stories associated. That's probably why every time I email, I don't even get a response. Right. All right, let's go out to our last team that is out in the field. Uh, I believe we have Mark of the Bridgewater Triangle Legend Chasers, Mark Colacuses and Dave Francis. Uh, are you with us, Mark? I am here. I was having some trouble connecting with you guys. You guys, you guys must be out there deep tonight. No, no, we're right off the road. Oh, maybe it's the weather. Could be. The, the clouds are real thick here. It was for a while. We had to go back in the car. It was like we were in a car wash. It was pouring, and we get out of the car. Now it's all flooded all around us out here. Well, but the rain has stopped. Yeah. Yeah, the rain stopped now. Now it's nice and quiet. You see the, you hear the crickets chirping and stuff. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So you guys are out at the power plant across from the dog track. Uh, is, is that the old Taunton dog track or the or the newer Raynham dog track? There's only one Raynham dog track that I'm aware of. No, there's two. The world, there's two. There's no. Raynham Taunton dog track. Yeah, that's the new one. You never went to the old track? No. Oh, there's an old track in Taunton that used to be a flea market. That place is probably haunted too, but I, um, they they might have torn it down. It's probably been twenty five. What's it? Two thousand one, maybe even thirty years since I'd been there. So the big flea market in the in Taunt and yeah, the big flea market in Taunt on Sunday. No, that's the different one, the Rain and Flea. Yeah. No, this was a different one on the other side of town. Oh geez, no, I don't know that one. Oh yeah, no, it was in an old dog track. It was a super cool place, but um. No, oh, uh, the Rain and the one right in the Hockamock Swamp. That yeah, one. that 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 one that one replaced the old one. Oh, okay. So, but so this is across from from the new one, the Raynham the Raynham Taunton Dog Park. Yeah, across from that, there's a. It's not really anything. It's a building, a white concrete building. They call it the power plant, but there's no power going to it, or from it, I should say. And um, people have seen, you know, people have sighted Bigfoot out here and other strange stuff. Um, there was a one point. Someone found 13 deer car carcasses inside the building. And um, right now, it's just we're getting a little bit of light play here and there, but nothing really too funky. So, but even having a little bit of that weirdness going on, I mean, that's kind of par for the course for that area. Uh, people oh, report yeah. seeing weird things going on all the time down that way. That's what I'm hoping for, a little more. All we've seen are like a, a light reflection or something where they're... You know, there, there's some junk, but there's nothing that should have reflected light. There were no cars going behind us, and we're we're pretty tucked in here. Yeah. For a light to come through would be odd. But on the building itself, it looked like, like someone had a flashlight and just swept the building with it. Dave saw it as well, but there's nobody else out here. Cause you, you'd hear it coming. Hmm. It's quiet. Do you, and I've been asking this question of all the investigators. Do you feel like the atmosphere, the weather, all of that, is it having an energetic effect on what's going on there? Yeah, it messes with your senses, definitely. Yeah, I, I think the energy helps. You got uh, there was a lot of strong wind earlier, 
the air's really thick from the humidity. There's uh, no breaks in the clouds, and um, black. And matter of fact, the clouds are wicked black over at the dog track across the street. But it's over here. It's you know, like the air's thick. You know, like you're waiting for something to happen. But it's just a couple, you know, weird light flashes here and there. Nothing really spectacular yet. And it, yeah, That's and it's it, it's not lightning. There's been lightning reported, but it's not lightning that you're seeing. No, I haven't seen any lightning. And I checked my app, and it said there was a, nearest lightning was 697 miles away. See, Moniz is seeing lightning out at the nip. And he's right around the nip's right around the corner from here. Right. That's a mile from here. That's nothing. But I haven't seen or heard anything. I wonder if I wonder if maybe during the rain because it was raining so hard you we we had to speak up in the car to talk to each other. Maybe maybe what he saw wasn't lightning. We're gonna check back in with him. I'll I'll ask him if that's possible. Yeah. That maybe he just yeah he might have just assumed it was because of the storms. If he saw lightning but it wasn't followed by thunder, maybe it wasn't lightning. Now, uh, you you know we've only got a few minutes left of the show. Are you gonna stick around out there or are you gonna head back after the show? No, we'll, we'll probably leave by midnight. I got to be up at uh, five thirty in the morning. I got to work at seven. Oh, I don't envy that. Woof. Yeah. That's well, not fun. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you, if anything happens, if you get anything going on in the time that you spend out there, let us know, and uh, and we'll share it out on the Spooky South Coast page. But thank you guys not only for being part of this this, but I think you guys have been a part of all of them, right? We've been out of quite a few now. Quite a few, yeah. <laughs> almost almost since the very beginning. Well, I think you definitely have the record. We met because of your show, which is cool. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's the lasting legacy here. You know, whatever we can do to, to, to further the paranormal is great, but creating all these friendships and this, this network and this little family that we have is the best part of it all. Yeah, that's what's the best part. It's really good. Well, thank you guys for going out there and stay safe and, uh, and we'll talk soon. All right. Have a good night. All right. Take yeah. care. That are the that's the Bridgewater Triangle Legend Chasers, Mark Colacusis and Dave Francis. You also know Mark as the Paranormal Pirate. So great that they were able to get out there and check out. I don't know if we're gonna have time to check in with Moniz one more time, um, but maybe maybe we can quickly. Uh, the, yeah, I'm surprised that, that Mark didn't know about that other dog track. I mean, I don't remember where he lives, but. I've just always assumed as people are talking about the the uh, the dog track and the stories about the dog track, I always just assume that they're talking about the new one. Yeah. But you know, maybe maybe some of them aren't, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it wasn't a dog track, but I don't think that it. No, I'm pretty sure it was a dog track, not a horse track or or anything else. But I'm sure it's gone now. Because it was falling apart when I was there on a weekly basis 30 years ago. You'll have to do some research and see. See, so that's two flea market mentions. Yep. On this show. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get to mention two paranormal flea markets because they were both in places that were haunted. One that I think definitely was, one probably was. And then what they didn't mention in the Amityville documentary was how I got involved and in, in interested in the Amityville case to begin with. It was when I found the J. Anson Amityville Horror book at a flea market. That is true. So, I that story. flea markets tie into a lot of my paranormal life, I guess. I guess so. Well, when uh, when Chris Balzano and I filmed the the pilot that we filmed for a show about haunted objects, mm-hmm. that's right. We were going to be 
the haunted objects guys before they put the haunted collector on the air. Right. But they said, where can we go film this sizzle reel? And uh, and I came up with the idea of going to the the Wareham flea market. <laughs> so, listen. I mean, why not? It makes sense. They're, if you've ever been to one, they're kind of paranormal unto themselves. That's very true. Do you know that the first psychic I ever met was at a flea market? No, I did not. And it wasn't me, so. No, this is when I was like really young, like six, seven years old. Really? When when I was that age and my dad had a, you know, Mark mentioned the, the Rainham flea, which yeah. used to be called Country Place. Uh, back in those days, my dad had a table there. He used to sell auto parts at the okay. at the flea markets because um, that's what he did during, mm-hmm. you know, for his regular job. So on the weekends, you know, whatever they had that was surplus or whatever, he would be able to buy cheap and then go sell the, mm-hmm. the flea markets. And there was a, a booth that had like the curtains in front of it. And mm-hmm. she had the little table with the crystal ball on of it outside. Course. And if you, when you came in, you could buy a reading from her and then she would take you back into the area with the little closed curtain and that's where she would give you the like the reading in a hmm. private way uh but she would sit there at the the table with the 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 uh, crystal ball yep. like waiting for people that were coming in interesting and she would always be like kind of holding her hands over the crystal ball and she would do like very very random very observations theatrical. as people were, were walking <laughs> by yeah, they were really nice people, though. I think there was, I want to say there was three people mm-hmm. that did it. It was, a, I think it was a mother and two daughters. Hmm. And, but they would, yeah, they would sit there and like, if you came by, they'd say, you know, like, kind of like very Teresa Caputo of them, I'm getting a message for you. Oh God, that's so creepy. Yeah. Like you've lost somebody close to you that starts with a G. Grandma! Uh-huh. You know, like. You you know how it works. I do, but God. I, wait, hold on. Let me clarify that. You know how it works because you study people that do it the wrong way. Right. I don't want people to say I said you know how it works. It's like I'm implying that you do it. At, that's a that's a giant no. I don't do that that way. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, there's enough um, people that do mm-hmm. that. You have to kind of figure it out and learn that stuff. And I was telling somebody we were talking about psychics the other day, and I told this person I was like, I can do that. Right. Like I've studied enough and I know enough about right. it that I could go into a room full of people, start cold reading them and convince them all that I'm a psychic. Right. You could. You know, the because ones that we've don't. we've seen people do it. The ones that don't know any better. We've seen the best of the best of cold readers for sure. All right. Well, Moniz, if you're listening, I'm sorry we didn't get back to you. Uh, let us know if there's anything that we need to share. Uh, we will make sure that we do so. That goes out to all of our investigators that, that were out there tonight. Thank you again, as always, for taking part in this show uh, each year. I know that some of you have done it multiple times. Some of you, it was your first time. Uh, hopefully, everybody had a good time, and we'll we'll hope to have better weather next year, and maybe we can actually make sure that we have a rain date planned uh, just in case. But uh, thank you all for braving the elements and going out there. It was a bit of a weird night because although it was rainy, it was not a cold night. It was right. a warm, humid, muggy night. And I actually, when I was taking a shower earlier, you know, it was, I was kind of cold. I had cold air coming in from the window because I have a, a window in my shower yep. because it's New England. We all have windows in our <laughs> showers. And I had it cranked open and I felt cold air coming in. I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to like wear a sweatshirt. And then when I walked out of the house and felt how warm it was, I was like, I should have worn jeans. Yep. I mean, I should have worn shorts instead of jeans. Uh, so I knew we were kind of going to be in for having it be warm and having it be kind of muggy, but then also being stormy. Uh, I knew it was going to be a very soupy night, but also I figured it would be a soupy. very active night. And, you know, we'll find out from some of the stuff that people get. All right. So we won't be here for the next couple of weeks. We'll be back in November. 
will be ready to turn the page from the spooky holiday season. Yes. To the regular holiday season. And uh, we'll be here doing shows uh, each week uh, just for a little bit of advanced planning, I can tell you that we are going to take the week of Christmas and New Year's off because yeah. I believe New Year's Day is a Saturday and uh, I believe Christmas Day is a Saturday, if I think I have my schedules right. You are right. So we're not going to be here on either one of those days, right. uh, but we'll still be here with you to talk about the paranormal. You can follow along with us, SpookySouthCoast.com, at SpookySC on Twitter. Uh, you can find us pretty much everywhere. We have a Facebook page, all that great stuff. Uh, and anytime you want to get in touch with us, email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. If you miss Stephanie giving out the information about how to take part in that special event that's coming up at the end of the month, all you have to do is email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com or you can email her info at stephburke.com and yes. she'll supply you all of the relevant links and information. But stay spooktacular.